All right, it's DT Systems, dog tested and dog tough. You know, we like that dog in them, baby. We've been using the H2O1820. Over the last several months, we've been playing with this unit. Our friends at Standing Stone Kennels, Ethan and Kat, they've been using it for years, and we've been playing with it. We really like it. I think for the dog trainer, the hunter, and the guy or gal who's training their dog to get ready for duck season, we'll really enjoy the 1820. Super reliable, super consistent, great unit for you and your dogs. H2O1820. Dog tested. Dog. Hashtag man's best kennel, baby. That's Gunner Kennels. Man, let's talk about these crates because when it hits the fan, you want your dog protected. It's an investment emotionally and financially to keep your hunting buddy safe. If you'd like to get into a Gunner Kennel, slide into the DMs and we'll hook you up. But do your best friend a favor and keep them safe this duck season. Have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog? Maybe you think your dog's too soft. Maybe you're too nervous to screw, quote unquote, screw your dog up. Let me help you. I built a start to finish course with different dogs, different breeds, and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy. Jump in. Links in the description. We'd be happy to help you. Let's go. Let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles, baby. We've got another episode for you here. This one is going to be just me and Kev chilling. We had a little Moe's tonight. Shout out to Moe's. Not as good as Chipotle. I dare you to change my mind, but uh, the Chipotle, something broke, and they, they couldn't host us our dinner, so... It's all good, but uh, we're going to have a fun time. We're going to do a little Instagram live tonight for you, answering some Q&A, talk about our weekend at the hunt test. But first, let's check in with hey, you Canuba, the food that fuels us. You know the drill. Three different formulas that we use and support. You got your puppy, you got your adult, and you got your 30-20. They also have a 28 and uh, 28% protein, 16% fat formula as well if you like to get a little different. But we do the puppy, adult, and 30-20. Check them out at Yukonuba Sporting Dog and at their Fueled Podcast with Dr. Joe Spoo, baby. Next up, Gunner Kennels, Man's Best Kennel. This is the most bad to the bone, safest kennels on the road. I don't care who you are, what you're doing, you're spending money on Browning, Benelli, this, that, new sick of gear, Yeti coolers, and you're throwing your dog in a plastic crate or letting him ride in the back seat when if you got in an accident, that sucker would be gone. Hey, Gunner Kennels provide you a safe alternative and the investment in time, money, and emotion of having an accident and having your best buddy, you know, not make it, you'd be glad you bought your gunner. So it's check- a lifetime guarantee. Why not? Yeah. 
no doubt. Check them out, Gunner Kennels. And if you're interested in getting into one, you can slide on into our DMs at Lone Duck, and I'd be happy to help you. Um, check out the sizes and all that stuff, but be happy to help you and, you know, help protect you and your dog. So Gunner Kennels, ha baby. Next up, Traeger Grills. Smoke them if you got them. Love the grills. I just got the little Ranger, and I'm thoroughly enjoying that little grill. It's kind of one of those, like, camping size, fits in the tight places. I it's mean, like for the bed of your truck, which... As a reminder, uh, I'm gonna need to borrow that for a camping trip at the upcoming weekend. Nice. Okay. So Absolutely, dude. Be perfect. Yeah. So check out Traeger Grills. Smoke them if you got them, baby. Welcome to the Traeger Hood. Next up, Dogtra. We've said it before. We'll say it again. I love their products, but I love their customer service just as much. They support not only the outdoor gun dog community. But they're also big in the police dog world. And right now, I don't know about you, but I support the police departments. Um, so, you know, if Dogtra does too, I support that as well. So check out Dogtra. I think if you're interested, the 1900S is what's going to fit most people's lifestyle. Um, I also am a big proponent of their YS600. So that's the yapper stopper, I think is what it is. Is that what that stands for? I think so. I didn't know that. Yeah, the yapper stopper. Call it a bark collar. Yeah, but that's called a bark collar. And um, you know, super pleased with those. I mean, they're they are durable and good and do their job. So check out the YS six hundred if you've got a persistent yapper. yapper. Nice. All right. Waypoint Outdoor Collective. These guys do our analytics, but they also have a ton of other crew folks that participate in the outdoor industry, fishing, hunting, um, what is it, like homesteading? Oh, they've got some homesteading. They've got some, yeah. like, uh, you know, hunting, farm your own food type of stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Worth checking out. Absolutely. Waypoint Outdoor Collective. And I do believe that's it. So, let's get into the show. One, two, three, and to the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre's at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Well, that's all I got. All right. Oh, that's my 90s rap. It wasn't bad. Or early 2000s. It was good. Nah. What'd you kinda... get into training today, other than rapping? Uh, today, today we had a good day. It's been a little bit hot, a little bit humid, and truth be told, I'm physically and mentally exhausted. This is three weekends in a row. We've traveled to Ohio uh, for hunt tests. And this will be my first weekend off in June. But then next week, I have a midweek hunt test. So we're going to be grinding it out. So you've been busy. What did you get into training today? Uh, You've been busy driving all to and fro Mm -hmm. out to Ohio. How's how's it been? It's good. Today was a good day. Uh, I trained with my buddy Tony. And Jimmy was there, and we had a, a friend of ours, Ken, came out. Ken's a fishing guide up at Lake Placid area, um, trout fisherman. And he's got a little bit of time off right now, so he brought his dogs and hung out with us. And we had a lot of fun. We did mark uh, watermarks, two down the shore, which I put that on Instagram, at 
Lone Duck, L-O-N-E, D-U-C-K, um, which if you're on Instagram Live, you already know that. But um, So two down the shore, and then we came back from that and did a walk-up, and then a long bird that was kind of a channel, a mark where they had to hit the water right and, you know, not cheat the bank and swim down the shore of that and pick up the bird, and then we ran a blind as well. So it took a long time to get today done, and it was pretty hot, and truthfully, I'm very tired. This is three weekends in a row driving to Ohio and back, you know, working all day Friday, drive five hours, airing dogs. I feel I'm even yawning now. Ugh. And running dogs Saturday, Sunday, driving five hours home and airing dogs. And it's just three weekends in a row is a lot. So this weekend or this week, it's just, you know, pedal to the metal, grind it out. But that heat gets you. People, you know, I would much rather have it be like today with no rain and, you know. No it was snow. nice out, but it was toasty. Oh, it's just humid. You're sticky and the ducks are nasty and flies everywhere. And it was hot, but we got a ton of good water work done to keep the dogs cool. And we we're in the shade. So it was good. Um, I'm trying to think. There were a couple dogs that did surprisingly well and nobody really jacked it up. So it was a good day, but I'm <laughs> ready win. for, yeah, I'm ready for a day off. But So what, uh, so what have you been working on? We're in the middle of, uh, you know, hunt test season. All this COVID business is not really dying down, but we're still able to run a few hunt tests now. How are you preparing everybody? How are you trying to stay at top? Like, you know, I don't taper is probably not the right word, but like where everybody's they're peaking, peaking is the right word. Yeah. Peaking. So right now. Uh, Kenai and May are running master and we're trying to qualify for master national. So they literally cannot fail a test. There's not enough tests. They need to pass every single test I enter. So there's pressure. So they're running every chance we get. So we've ran, we'll have run three master tests in June and two in July. That's five. May has a senior title, so that would give her her master title, and in doing so, qualify for master national. Kenai had one from the fall, failed one this March before COVID hit, and then hasn't failed one since. But she has not ever ran a hunt test before this, so she needed six passes to get her master title. So... Long story short, both of them are crushing these tests. This past weekend, it was three series, three triples. They never handled on a bird and did fantastic on their blinds. So I was super proud of them. Super, super proud of them. Um, May was getting a little loose on the line. And so you asked, like, how do I keep them going? They need... I always say this, and, and you know the pterodactyl, or the pterodactyl, everyone. Cacao! Shout out to Blaine, the pterodactyl Tarnecki. You win and lose a hunt test or field trial. In a, for us, our idea is 
getting to the holding blind, being in the holding blind, and walking to the line. If you don't have a dog that's under control in those aspects of the test where they're just taking advantage of you, jumping around, peeking around the blind, being uh, not able to be managed well, like they're just, you can just feel them about ready to explode with excitement and disobedience. Now you're already behind the eight ball when it's time to say, you know, back and stop on a whistle. Um, so May is just getting a little loose and, you know, I can line her up and send her, but it's like, I go, and she's gone. You know what I'm saying? So she needs to just settle in. And so today we did a little bit of healing stick work, which me and Jimmy Rogers chatted about in the last podcast. Um, little bit of healing sick work, worked in and out of the holding blinds a few times, just doing reps of walking to the line nicely and that walk-up bird. I feel like the walk-up bird, which for those of you who don't know, you come out of the holding blind, you heal up, you know, towards the judges, and all of a sudden a, a bird comes flying out and a gunshot happens, and they have to sit. She is so jacked that she's like, six inches to a foot and a half in front of me, beside me, this way, that way. And it's not like a good, normal, stuck-to-my-hip heel like she does in training. So that's why we did a walk-up today. Um, just to she, she came out of the box, fired up, thinking we were at a hunt test. So it was good. Um, but then dogs like Memphis, uh, Ember, and Cruz, who are going to Master National, I don't want them to peak now. I want them to peak at the end of September and into October. So they're not, they're, they're getting trained, obviously, but their structure and discipline is a little bit different than Kenai and Mays, like, because I need to keep those guys tightened down, screwed down, and ready to run. The other guys are like, doing some drills and doing some marks and running blinds, but it's all good. And then we got titles on Brew, Hunter, both Lone Duck Dogs from Cruz's first litter. We got Little Lizzie, her junior title, and Joy Joy, the Chesapeake, she got her junior title. And Joy was a struggle. She was a tough dog to train in the beginning, and now things are are really picking up. Her attitude is great now. She's, like, learned that retrieving and swimming and all this stuff is a blast. And I'm really proud of her because she was not easy to train. And it, it was great. And then little Addie, who we talked about in our leadership podcast sure did, with yeah. Clarence uh, Old Man Winter Picard. That was his rugby nickname. You can ask him how he got that name. I can't put that on air. Um, but Clarence Picard... And I talked about Addie and leadership and John and the two of them busted their butt working on obedience and line manners and coming in and out of the holding blind the last two weeks. And they came back on Saturday and smoked it. So I'm, I was really, really proud of them. So we had a successful weekend. We're going to work all week, work this weekend, and then get ready to go and bust butt again. Go ahead. You had a question? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't want to quit your role there, but... Uh, we had a question come in kind of as you were talking about um, maybe the dog wasn't acting as normal as it usually does at the line and line manners and kind of how Blaine always says, like, you wouldn't lose, like, at the holding blind, right? And so we had a question come in 
uh, from Dirty Duck Dog, who said, uh, my dog's first hunt test was two weekends ago. First off, good for you. Second off, he sent us T-shirts. I have one for you, Kevin. <laughs> and I wore mine at the hunt test, bro. All we, uh, on All Saturday, right. I wore, thank you for sending in the shirt. That, that was rules. Very comfortable, very nice. You should check him out. Dirty um, Duck Dog. Yep. Get some. All right. Look at that. Very comfortable shirt. Very cool. Thank you. In advance when Bob follows through. No big deal. Don't worry no about it. No big deal. It might be in my truck. All right. <laughs> uh, past both started, uh, but when we got there, she was an absolute animal. Not healing normally, pulling, just borderline uncontrollable. How do we train for those sorts of situations? It's not her normal self. What would you suggest we do? So kind of similar to what you were saying, but I didn't want to slow your roll. But like win and lose at the line, what are some of the things that you have people work on yeah. specifically? So I develop a cadence. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, I create habits where they know what to expect and I know what to expect of them. So they sit in the holding blind nicely. We use a holding blind nearly every day. So every day they're getting marks and blinds coming in and out of a holding blind. So I tell them, Kennel, they go in the holding blind and face me. And then I will walk them up there on a leash. Some days I don't, truthfully. Like today, I didn't walk them up on a leash. But I have a leash on them, and I slip the leash off. Now, many dogs will thrash their head to get out of that leash, and now we just lost a little bit of control. So I work on just being relaxed with them. You know, let me put that leash on 10 times and just let them chill out and not thrash around excited that they're free, you know, the leash is off. Um, and then I put the leash in my back pocket. I take a couple steps back while they're still sitting, and then I hear, heel, sit. They better hear, heel, and sit. It's not hear, 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 heel, heel, sit, sit, sit. It's hear, and that means whoop right into heel, sit, sit down. And all of a sudden it's like, you can see him take a little deep breath. Now they're jacked. Don't get me wrong. So I understand where he's coming from. And this is a very young dog, but we start now so that when you get to finished, you have a dog that comes in and out of the holding blind under control. So you start now. My junior dogs were that way. We've done enough of it where I can tell you they were quivering in the, in the, uh, Holding blind, they were they were jacked, but they walked nicely to the line, and they came out of the holding blind like we've been practicing, and I can use Alicia and Junior, so they, you know, if they didn't come right into here, heel, and sit, I took my time. I said, here, pop, pop, you know, gently, because you're at a test, but pop, 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 sit, good dog, okay, heel. And if they get out ahead of me, a little pop, pop, and, and I maintain control. Easier said than done. I do this for a living. I'm trying to, you know breeze through it but it takes reps it takes practice nothing comes easy but it's worth building a holding blind or buying a holding blind and practicing so that when you get to a test or get a couple guys together and have a training day where there's a bunch of cars there and a lot of duck calling and shooting and all that jazz or go to a local club and do a training day those are all great things to do to prepare your dog for the excitement of test day. Cause like he said, they don't do it in normal training. 
They do it at test day because they're jacked. But you got to practice. Had uh, had another question come in, but before we get to that, uh, Steve McGee joined, saying hello to him. What's up, Steve? Oh, and Finn. Finn's been doing good this week, bud. So, wanted to ask, last, uh, last weekend I got out, uh, had a day off and went and trained, and Big Finn Man did a fine job. How's Finn been doing? What are you guys working on? Like, give me that rundown and explain who Finn is too, I guess. All right. Finn is a poodle pointer. P-U-D-E-L pointer. Not a poodle and a pointer mutt. Right. It's It's a a German. It's a German breed, versatile breed, NAVDA, North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association breed. Um, So he is not only an upland bird dog, pointing dog, but he also duck hunts and whatnot. Now, Finn has been a mother, <laughs> I'm talking to you, McGee, a mother to force fetch. We are almost there. Like, he would freak out and wig out and do all sorts of weirdness. Now it's like boom, 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 crushing it, going on a place, hanging on to it. He's delivering ducks and bumpers to hand out on marks. Attitude has picked way up on marks. And actually, I think after you left, we did some watermarks, and he just totally bombed, and I felt terrible for Steve. You know, he'd seen decoys before in Georgia. I mean, this isn't our first rodeo, but he just had a bad day, and he kind of freaked out. I think it caught him off guard, and we had a meltdown. And so every day we've been doing decoys in the water, where, like, if he got hung up on a string, that's kind of what freaked him out. Is He was, like, going for the bird or a bumper and then was like, what is this? And then a string touched him and it got hung up and then it was over. And even though he'd been around them, I don't know if he'd ever gotten tangled up. And so since then, he's sensitive to the decoys. Sure. You know, giving them a wide berth. And every day it's getting better and better and better. And his water attitude is, like, really good and is everything is going really good with Finn and I don't want to jinx him because you think he's just growing confidence uh, yeah but I, I don't know man Finn's been a different animal and I know McGee knows he's a talented dog he just does things on his own accord so he doesn't like to be told what to do he doesn't like to be forced but he doesn't like to be studied he's now learning that by doing what I tell you you get these awesome things so if we work together, man, I'll help you get that bird. We can I'll have a good time. Right. We can have a good time. It's not a me versus you. It's an us. And so Finn Man's doing good. That's good to hear. Uh, I had a good question come in. Um, I guess I have my own thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you get into it. Uh, I guess you're the pro, whatever. For what that's worth. Uh, how do you issue a correction in front of a family cookout setting Pup knew the command and just chose not to obey, then followed up and said that this was a sit-and-stay sort of situation. I said, how's the pup? And haven't heard. But let's say that the puppy's four months old. Like, we're working on things, sit-and-stay, won't sit-and-stay. How do you issue a correction? The answer is, I love you for asking this question. It's been on the podcast a million times. We put the puppy back where they broke from um, over and over and over and over and over and over again until it clicks. 
So you out stubborn the dog on putting them back where they broke from. So if I put them on place or sit them over here, I go back, you know, I grab them and put them back. Maybe I put a check cord on. Maybe I let them drag a leash around. Maybe I realize if it's four months, six months, a year old, that amongst a family picnic, its distraction level is through the roof and I don't worry about it. As long as he's not jumping on people and eating food off of plates, he's getting socialized. Let him be a dog. Don't get over strict on him. If you're frustrated, put him in a crate and get out of there. Agreed. That's what I would do in a family yeah. barbecue. I wouldn't make him do jack. I'd let him socialize. And as long as they were being nice to everybody and everything and we weren't causing problems, let him be a dog. Now, do I think it's a good opportunity to work on these things around distractions? Sure. But you got about three minutes, five minutes of their attention span of sitting still with that amount of distractions. You can build up. If that. Sure. I do think it's a cool idea. I'm not downgrading it saying you shouldn't do this. I'm just saying don't expect a X amount old to even a five-year-old dog to sit on place or sit while kids are playing and hot dogs are being grilled. Kids are jumping in a pool. Ain't happening, bro. So if you're going to get frustrated, you might as well just put them in a crate or put them inside. But I would say it's a good thing to practice. Just give them a few minutes. You know, do 10 minutes of it. And then, you know, if they get up, put them back. If they get up, put them back. If they get up, put them back. That's what I would do. Had another really good one. Uh, been listening to y'all for a year. Uh, thank you. That's pretty awesome, man. Uh, Texas Quacker Smacker. That's also a good name. Well done. Smack and quack. Uh, we'll give you a call during teal season. What's going on? Uh, question. My pup is almost done with force fetch and his obedience is great. Should I have him steady before intro to the boat? No. I'd say make the boat fun thing. Have a good time yeah. and you should be out getting used to it. Listen, Practice like you play. Yeah. Listen to Kevin. He's right. Yeah, I don't think... When you introduce these things, I don't think you need to have a huge amount of, what do you want to call it, formal obedience yeah. in place. You know, if you want to take them out fishing and take them on the boat or just take them for a boat ride, that's great. What does he have to be steady for? What does he have to be finished with force fetch for? What does he have, I mean, you know, if you are having a problem... You know, put a again, just put a leash on him, make it a controlled environment so he's not jumping all over the boat. Sure. Tie him down, you know, whatever. Hang on to him and let somebody else drive the boat. But no, yeah, don't worry about that. Just go and have fun. Let the dog be a dog a little bit too. Like, I, I don't know if maybe through this podcast people think that my dogs are all work and no play. They need to be a dog too. They need to be a family member too. I don't care if your dog sleeps on the couch. Now, if it becomes possessive of the couch or growls at a kid when they get on the couch, now we got a problem. You know, I, I, there's many stories where people are like, oh, dog's on the bed. It won't let my husband in the bed or my wife in the bed. <laughs> Guess what? Not in my house. We'd have a problem. I would fix that problem. But if your dog is like well-rounded and you have a balanced obedience and you have a balanced training regimen and you're teaching things in a fun way and and structure and all this stuff allow life to happen to that dog too so it's having fun um so take them out on the boat go have fun 
Send us pictures. It'll be awesome. You'll yeah. love it. I think it's kind of like, you know, if, if you have that positive training regimen and you're doing all those fun things, then that should be incorporated into that. The boat is a fun place. You want the dog to right. be pumped up to go on the boat. We're having a good time. This is right. cool. Again, I do think there's a line of obedience that needs to be there because you can't have them sure. jumping off the boat while you're running. Right. But, yeah. but I do think you put a leash on the dog and you just teach, but it's a fun experience. Go. Go to the boat. Go now. Invite me. <laughs> Teal season's coming. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Bayou Gundog had a good one. Do you have any advice for whistle-stopping a hard-charging dog on a mark? She will let you burn her the whole way. How do I get my dog to stop? So maybe I guess explain a little bit of what, what that person's asking, but then also, like, what do you think? And we had people asking about how you're just twisting out a mustache the whole time. Yeah, love it, everyone. This is why Instagram Live is so special, because you get to see the magic. <laughs> but this dog <laughs> but this dog is running down a mark, and it'll just take the heat. I would go back to T-Pattern and teach that sucker to sit on a whistle right. Yeah. Enough said. I mean, I mean just obedience and understanding, right? Uh, so I actually had this discussion today with Ken. Um when you have a dog that has a loopy sit on a blind, a slow sit, a loopy sit, a crappy sit, and then even on marks, then where do you teach that? Do you teach it in the field when they're already not sure of where they're going? So if I tell them left back and they take a left back, but not exactly right, and they're going, and then I stop them, and they're slow to stop, and I nick them, are they getting a correction and wondering, did I get the correction for sitting slowly, or did I get a correction for taking a, a, a crappy, or going on a crappy direction? And if you do that too much, now they're going to be like, I don't know where you want me to go. I don't know what you want me to do. Do you want me to sit? Do you want me to run? Do you want me to go this way or that way? All of a sudden, you're going to be nicking for everything. So when you have a loopy sit or a slow sit or whatever kind of sit that it's not doing it, you go back to T-pattern or swim by and you fix this. Because if they're thoroughly done with T-pattern, then when you send them and you stop them in the center where they've been stopped a hundred times and you burn continuous pressure, low, medium, high, whatever you want to do to get it done to get that sit quick and snappy and and correct, they understand that. They know that you're going to give them a left over or a right back or a right over and a left back, and they get in that groove, and they know what you're asking of them. If So that's where you can get a good, hard correction and make it black and white. You're fine on your handling. You're not sitting. Toot. Burn. I would I would err on the side of this person did not do enough good whistle sit training um on the T pattern and swim by. And and I mean swim by you got to be a little bit more careful cuz it's in water and stuff but I don't let them do like a loopy crappy sit in the water either and where you fix that is swim by. Um and that's if you get that done then they'll be better doing it on marks. What you got? Uh, Bunny said that we can't have your shooting hand get sore, so I got to get you a mic stand. 
Uh, but I did buy a new headset for you, but the microphone's broken, so that's yeah, how buddy. that goes. I know, man. Uh, Amazon's keep we're keeping Amazon in business during yeah, the COVIDs. Uh, we had a good question, and uh, I think it goes to a good uh, saying that you always say. Um, but this person says, and you'll know what I mean. Uh, so this person, Ben, asked uh, tips on how to get a dog to hustle. Even on some really exciting drills, dog's just going to jog right through. But you always say, if a dog's moving slow, go fast. If you got a fast dog, go slow. Yeah. Absolutely right, Kevin. Um, I also think, man, could be your dog. you got to love that dog for who he is. We get a lot of that, these questions, and it's like some of the dogs, I've got 22 dogs in training right now. Not all of them are great. Some of them are below average, average, and above average. You have to love that dog and train that dog that's in front of you. And how do I get it to hustle? Increase praise, increase rewards and fun. Don't steady things up. You know, there there's plenty of ways to do it to increase drive. But then there's some dogs that just, I can give you every idea in the book and again, we've done it in a million of the podcasts where it's like building drive and teaching these things and you get live pigeons and get a live quail and, you know, don't set him up too young and, you know, start with a fun bumper or a tennis ball to get him jazzed up, do two or three, get him real pumped up and then get into the work and then end on a positive note with one or two good fun retrieves. And that's all well and good. But if your dog doesn't really care about a fun bumper, that could be your dog. It also could be you. Truthfully, maybe you're not exciting. Maybe you're not doing your happy Uncle Bob voice going, hey, buddy, buddy, come on, let's go. It's not a bad point to make, you know, like if you're not necessarily like looking from the outside in, like how do you know that you're not like, all right, all right, yeah, good good dog, go. Well, that's not excited. Dog's not pumped. Exactly. Or you're being too strict and like, here, here, no, okay, hey, hey, hey. Well, you just, I don't know, like have some fluidity. You've got to read that dog and jazz them up. And, and then, so, I mean, those are all tips, right? So I hope you maybe hear something. You're like, oh, I could try that. Yeah. Pump them up. Use some birds. Use some live birds. Um, fun bumpers. Get them positive before, you know, a little structure during, positive at the end and fun. And with them wanting more. But there are still some dogs that just could give a crap about this. And if that is your dog, you got to do the best you can. And yeah. you have to pump them up as best you can. So move fast, like Kevin said. Don't let it be boring. Do shorter sessions. Do three sessions a day at three minutes. But but teach them something. Get them going. Use treats. What is going to get that dog to tick? Train the dog in front of you. Build drive as best you can. And, and recognize that not every dog's going to be a 10 out of 10. It might be a 6 out of 10, but you're going to make it the best 6 out of 10 possible. And you're going to have fun doing it, building memories. So, I uh, I guess it could be helpful to also talk about some of the dogs that you've had to find different ways to motivate like that. Like what comes to mind for me is Ember. Ember is a chassis master, nat, master stational champ. Like obviously a phenomenal dog but we had to figure out a way to motivate her and as soon as you throw a tennis ball that dog is on fire tennis balls and live flyers 
right? So it might, I don't know, but it might be a little bit of like, let's continue diagnosing and figuring out how to motivate this dog. Well, and the other, like I said, you know, if I give Ember too many corrections, now I'm not afraid to give her a correction because if you're wrong, you're wrong. But I also need to make it worth it. And like when she does good, it's got to be a celebration. And she gets her tennis ball before and she gets her tennis ball after and it's in my pocket and she loves live flyers and live birds. Like these are ways that I motivate her to, ah, dang, that bird looks pretty darn far and I got to hit that piece of water at this distance. And she can look at it and be like, Psh, I'm about to go chessy on you and just not care. So what do I do to get her to care? Those are the things. Find what motivates you and your dog and and do it. And listen to the leadership episode where we have a lot of uh, crossovers with that with. Sure. Well, the hype. Yeah. Uh, Northern Air Retrievers had a good question. <clears throat> uh, ran our Met f- him at the hunt test this week, uh, two weekends ago and this weekend. Nice guy. Yeah. Awesome. Dog did good. Very cool. Uh, ran first two AKC tests last couple weekends. What are your thoughts on not talking to the dog line? He's run a lot of HRC. Uh, and has a huge challenge for him personally. Just, I guess, maybe forgetting not to talk to the dog. Well, A, don't forget, bro. <laughs> and second of all, um, yeah, that's what that's a, a little mini thing about AKC that makes it a little bit harder than HRC. Um, there's things about HRC that are harder than AKC. you got to shoot poppers at the line at HRC. you got to blow a duck call. So that dog's getting more jacked because you're shooting and blowing a duck call. Yet, I'm also able to say sit. Boom, sit, sit down, boom, shit. <laughs> I didn't mean that's Freudian slip. Sit, sit, sit. You know, you can talk to them. Um, in AKC, you just have to, when you call for the bird to the judges, you can't talk to the dog after that until they release you. So if they say dog or 17, that's when you can talk to your dog again. So just practice in training. And that's where if you're if you get that part good, then HRC becomes even easier, if you will, because you won't have to talk as much. No rules, you can do whatever you want. Right. So if you need a set during HRC, you got it. But in AKC you gotta practice not doing it. So enough said. I mean, it just takes practice and you gotta think when you get to the line, like I I I again I have a cadence. Set. Our, sit down, sit. Thought you were talking I, to me for a second. No, and then I look at my, you know, honor dog or, you know, look at the judge and just assess the situation. I say, sit, call the dog or call for the bird. So I, I do have a, I don't do it the same every time because I don't want them to be like, oh, that's the third sit. Here we go. But I do make sure that in their brain, they better sit. Go ahead. Uh, our good buddy Bill, who's come out and had a good time with us before, uh, and Aries, Aries, I'm sure was asking this question. Lone duck dog. Yep, God of War. <clears throat> uh, with water tea being hammered down and becoming very crispy clean, what would be the next step in moving forward and swim by? In your opinion, water tea is swim by. So if it's cr- crispy clean, I mean, it's done. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's I don't a good know. point. Come on, Bill. Twice. Come on, Bill. Bill come, on. come on, Bill. Come on, Bill. Right bro. back in. Uh, right back in. So uh, if it's quote-unquote crispy clean, where he... Maybe the answer is you're, 
you're good. You're, like you're you done. Continue, yeah, you kind of polish that. Yeah, start running. I mean, I run water blinds even though, like, Bruin, Hunter, I still do swim by with them. They're running water blinds, and they're running big old water blinds. I just understand that if they make a mistake, I may still have to refine things and swim by to see where we're at. But they're running master level water blinds. I just do it a little bit differently and hold them to a little bit lower, more teaching standard than a, the master dog. So they respond like water tea and swim by. Oh. In my book, it's the same thing. They go across the pond. They stop in the middle, they cast left and right, they cast left back and right back, and then when they're doing those things, then when they get the bumper in their mouth, they can cast all those different ways and go from one bank left over, pick up the bumper, cast back into the water, swim by me to the right over pile, get out, and then I usually cast them out even further into land and then stop them and call them back. But there's a ton of information on swim by, and me and the pterodactyl caca did a swim by episode. So you'll have to go back and look at that one. Um, especially de cheating, that's another stage after swim by where you can really dig into teaching the dog to take water and not, you know, veer off onto land. But if you if you're crispy clean like you said there, Bill and Aries, then. Start running real water blinds, good, better, tougher water blinds. Start doing cheating singles and teaching, you know, taking water and casting into water and no hearing and sending again and all sorts of stuff. I mean, this is this is the meat and potatoes of training. Like, yeah. this is where you're fine-tuning a real animal. Not, not that you're not early on in the – but you're developing a real animal in the young stages. Right. Now you're fine-tuning. Now you're polishing that stone. Now you're creating, like – an athlete. I feel excited about that. A uh, couple more as we're as we're kind of yeah. let's wrap them up a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, friends at Gundog Grind said you got a good looking hat on. Thank what, you. What do you know about them? I need more coffee right now. All right, there you go. Well, we'll be in, we'll be in touch. Um, rolling Royce Retrievers. Dog becomes a little vocal. On the go bird, all of a sudden, quiet on everything else. Do you have any tips on knocking that out? Vocal dogs. Wicked common question. I feel like we've answered it a hundred times on the. I, I hate to do that to people because they no, got to go back and listen. I, yeah, it's but, so hard. Um, it dogs depends being on the dog. vocal and put, put a bumper in their mouth. Make them make them do bird and mouth. Do less multiples, more singles. Correct them. For being vocal, no here. Whap, 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 whap. Go back in the holding blind. Go back in the truck. Come back out more obedient. Make them earn that retrieve. Simplify. Make it less exciting. Make no sound in the field. Um, there's, I'm not good at it. Nobody is. That's yeah. why it's a huge problem that we all have. Like These are all tips we've talked about on the podcast where it's like I've fixed it in a bunch of dogs, but I've also not fixed it in a bunch of dogs because some dogs are just going to be vocal no matter what you do to them or what you teach or how long you try. They can't help it. They don't, I don't even think they know what they're doing. Now this guy or Gret or Gail 
it doesn't sound like it's that bad or else it'd be like building, 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 explosion. Yeah. You know, they'd be, but it, if you don't nip it in the bud now, it could get there. So a lot of guys will say, don't worry about it. The more you go, the more the dog becomes comfortable. Maybe send them a little sooner on the go bird. Don't make them sit there and be patient. Like, it's just pent-up excitement and anxiousness and maybe anxiety and frustration that they're being held back. Like, just simplify for a little while. Do singles. Calm the scenario down where there's not a ton of noise out in the field. Like, it truly is one. It's the hardest thing to fix. I don't care if your dog breaks. I don't care if your dog doesn't sit on a whistle. I don't care if your dog doesn't. I would even take a gun-shy dog. A very vocal dog is near impossible to fix unless you have a ton of time and try 10 different things and one of them might work. I'm sorry. It's a not a great answer. It's just yeah, so, so, so hard. Yeah. Sorry. Um. We had one one quick last question. That I want to hear yep. about your your game plan for for uh, the rest of the week as we move into uh, more of the hunt test season. But uh, which you like better, running AKC or HRC, and why? I like running AKC better. Um, hmm. That's tough to say, though. I've got great friends in both groups uh, of events. Um, in South Carolina and Georgia, there's a ton of phenomenal people that I ran HRC with and I love them and I love HRC. We just don't really have any in New York. So I haven't ran an HRC test in probably five years, give or take. So in that respect, if I really loved it, I'd make it happen because I could drive to Ohio or Pennsylvania or wherever or South Carolina and Georgia and run them. Um, but I just find that a lot of the dogs in New York are AKC registered, not UKC. There's easier tests to get, you know, involved in and go to. And then I do think, I do think that there is a little bit more difficult concepts that these dogs have to be trained to. But but you could argue. HRC is similar. Like yeah, it's like hard that's, to say. That's an argument, you know. Yeah, you could have that argument, and I'd be worth. It'd be worth having that argument with sure. someone in a you know like a constructive, yeah. like fun way. But you know, I think. Oh man, I th- I'm going to go AKC is my favorite. I love the friends I've made in HRC, and I love running HRC. I just don't get to that often. So that's fair. So as we're wrapping up. uh what are we? What are some maybe specific things that you have kind of lined up that you want to work on and focus on based on what we've learned and based on what we've had to encounter over the last few weeks of running pretty aggressively on the weekends? Like, what are we doing to gear up and make sure that we're totally at our peak and continuing to stay at our peak for some of the dogs that, like you said, need to kind of hammer every single one? Yeah. Um, steadiness, honoring, walk-ups, tight running blinds, point and shoot where I send you and that, and, and I'm not really worried about their marking. Um, for May, I really worry about getting loose on the line. So even more regimented and strict 
going to the line and walking from the line. And just, I don't worry about her that it's going to implode. But if I let things slide right now, then by the middle of July, when I've driven to Wisconsin and Michigan, yeah, it could implode. And I don't want to drive, you know, 2,000 miles to implode. So be very strict and consistent with May. Um, I don't want to jinx her, but Keen Eye has been very, very consistent. And her training, like, I don't boost much for her or take much away. Like, we just train, and and that's it. Like, she may have a bad day, but generally speaking, she's pretty spot on. And so, you know, just be consistent with her. May needs to be more consistent and firm. Kenai just needs to be consistent. Boom, boom, boom. Let's rock. Um, young dogs are done for now. Brew and Hunter, probably the end of July and into August, are going to run senior. They're re- they're ready. I worry a little bit about their line manners and breaking, but they can run the blinds and they can do doubles like nobody's business. So I think they can do the work if they'll sit still, but I'm not willing to. This is one common mistake that people do, that amateurs do or excitable young people do. They get a dog running blinds. They get a dog doing doubles, and they enter tests, and then they enter and enter and enter and overrun, and all of a sudden this dog becomes loose. This is what we did with May. This is why I've got a problem now with May that I'm addressing a year later. We ran senior too young because she was so darn good in training and so accomplished that it was like two weekends in a row, four senior tests, and by the end of it, it was like, you know, she's four feet in front of me on a walk-up. That's unacceptable. Um, so we learned some mistakes just like everyone else who's listening to this podcast could learn from. But anyways, uh, don't run them too young too soon. So anyways, guys, that was our last question. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed and take care of dogs. And actually, vice, it's the opposite. I got to go take care of dogs and then go to bed. And then do it again tomorrow until next week, which I might be in a hotel in Ohio and me and Kevin can do a call in one or something. But until next time, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, tell a buddy. Thank you all so much. Cheers and have a bush on me, baby. Hey, join our community. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our YouTube, if you enjoy Instagram, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer. Join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. The link is in the description. Click that link. Join the community. We've got tons of great videos, tons of great content, and you can ask me more questions. So join it. Enjoy it. We did it for you, and you're helping us produce this show so thank you so much to that community get in get out let's roll patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters
Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Birdshot Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Birdshot Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation, to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Birdshot Podcast today. Thank you.